0: there, you have found another episode of the Speakernomics Podcast. This is the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. And this is a special bonus episode where we're gonna focus on what's actually happening in the world right now in August, 2021, with the COVID pandemic. And today we are very fortunate because we are going to interview Dr. Romy Lushtak. Now she is a board certified physician, specializing in neurology and integrative medicine. Now, what she does is she knows the science about what is going on. She is the founder and CEO of the BrainShift Institute. And she brings brain and mental health programs into corporate America. And I'm really excited because we asked her if she could just jump in and talk about what's going on. She herself is a speaker who talks in corporations as well as doing many other amazing things. So, Dr. Romy, welcome to Speakernomics.
1: Wow. Hello, NSA family, and hello, Tom. It is great to join you on a recording. The only thing that could be better was if we were doing this in person, and one day soon, I hope.
0: Oh, I I hope that we get to meet in person. Now, you were at the National Speakers Association Influence Conference, so we must have just crossed paths, because I've been following you for several months. I kind of met you on Clubhouse, and and I really love the way you just jump in and tackle issues that a lot of people might be a little skittish about talking about. And that's why we wanted you to come here for this bonus episode to talk about what's going on in the world right now in the speaking world, in the meetings world with COVID.
1: I do, Tom. And you know what I wanted to tell your audience is the perspective I bring is threefold so that everyone understands that I'm here to give you the facts from three points of view. One, I'm a board-certified physician, and I follow the science of what's happening with the pandemic daily, including knowing that this interview was happening. I did about 20 hours of research the last three days since you reached out. In addition, I'm a speaker, and my business was affected like everyone else listening. And so I have empathy. But the third thing is I serve as chief wellness officer at Evolution Hospitality, where I've scaled mindfulness and wellness programs for over 7000 employees. Now, between Evolution Hospitality and our parent company, Ambridge, we are the largest hotel management company in the world. So I also have my pulse on the finger of what's happening in travel and tourism.
0: Hmm. Well, that's why we asked you to be here. And a year ago, actually, I looked it up. Fifty-four weeks ago, you did an episode on the the the, the predecessor of Speakernomics, which was called Voices of Experience. Crystal Washington and you sat down and had a conversation, much like we're going to do today, about what was happening then in COVID. A lot of things have changed in 54 weeks, and yet we're still here. I'm, I'm sorry that we have yeah. to do this bonus episode, but we think, it's really, we think it's really important for people. So,
1: I, I do too, Tom, and I want to say as a physician, if you asked any expert or physician back then, would you and I be having this conversation today? Nobody wished this to happen, and I really want to make that clear.
0: So, Dr. Romy... What is the latest updates on COVID-19 in the United States and beyond, and what are we hearing about the Delta variant?
1: Okay. So that's a loaded question. I'm going to break it down into a few parts right here, Tom, and thank you for asking. I do want to make clear for everybody, we normally don't do this in the podcast, so it could be evergreen, but because this is a fluid news situation and the science updates daily, you and I are recording this podcast on August 2nd, 2021. Um, By the time this is edited and released, we may have more information. And one to two months from now, we know the science would have advanced. But as of today, there's unfortunately bad news, not only in the United States, but around the world. Um, the global pandemic is spinning out of control. In nations where vaccines are readily available, we're lucky to hit about 50 to 55 percent. But globally, because we have speakers all over the world, many countries still don't have access to vaccines that work. So what does that mean? It means that the sars 2 COVID virus, or what's known as COVID-19, is now mutating. Now, this is a normal pattern for viruses, any virus. Um, but the problem with COVID-19 is these variants that now have Greek letters instead of confusing numbers, as it is mutating, it is getting stronger and more severe. So as of today, I live in Orlando, Florida, and the state of Florida is not only the epicenter for the United States, but the entire world of the highest number of Delta variant infections happening in the world, which is highly transmissible. And the good news is if you're vaccinated with one of the mRNA vaccines, um, the symptoms tend to be asymptomatic or less severe. Right now, 97% of the hospitalizations in the United States, people that are hospitalized with COVID are unvaccinated. These are the facts as of last Friday, uh, July, that was 20, 30th, July 30th. So I just want to update everybody that that's what the latest news is here in the United States. As we speak, we're reaching about a 50% of Americans have received both doses of their vaccinations.
0: So last week, the CDC changed its its ruling around masks. Why did they do that? And and what is what is the science showing about why masks are suddenly important again?
1: Tom, that's a very thoughtful question, and I really appreciate how you worded that. It can be confusing to everyone, isn't it? When things change and you're like, well, then I'm not going to trust the CDC because those of you that are speakers and change experts and you say, well, if somebody changes their messaging, can I trust them? But please remember, this isn't an opinion. This is science. We're in a global pandemic, which has never happened in any of our lifetimes. And the science and the severity of the pandemic is changing daily and weekly so we scientists and doctors and public health officials are keeping up with it so in late april early may of 2021, when the CDC said, Hey, va- masks off if you're vaccinated. At that time, the Delta variant was less than 1% of the infections. Now, as we're recording, it is the majority of the effect- infections, 80 to 85%, wherever you are in the country. And what we're seeing is even if you're vaccinated, you can spread the Delta variant without symptoms or even get sick again. And we'll break down that science. But that's why the CDC change the recommendations on masks so what does that mean tom looking back i'm vaccinated uh my family is i'm not only a doctor but i'm a caregiver to elderly parents with chronic health issues okay looking back i wish i had worn my mask more when we were at the influence meeting in early july um i did the best that i knew then because the CDC wasn't recommending masks. And I was wearing masks when I noticed it was crowded. And let's be real, we were in Las Vegas, and you'd had to walk through the casino, and there was cigarette smoke. And I'm not a smoker, right? (laughs) But um, looking back, I I wish I had had that. Now, knowing that I'm in Florida, I'm not only wearing my mask, but I am avoiding indoor venues as much as possible, such as not going to indoor restaurants. I'm having my groceries delivered again. Um, So I really want to highlight that's what I'm doing um, as a doctor watching the science. So I
0: love the fact that you pointed out the fact that you also were at influence and you didn't, you know, you didn't wear the mask when you were in the ballroom or when you were in the hallway chatting with people, because we were told at the time that Mm -hmm. that was, if you were vaccinated, you didn't need to wear the mask, And yet there were a few people it's, it's small, like 2% of the attendees have reported that they came down with COVID. Uh, To my knowledge, they were all or at least most of them were
1: vaccinated. They were not all vaccinated. I did the research. um, But, you know, so then the next question, Tom, I think you were about to ask me is, well, they were vaccinated. How did they get COVID? Right. Okay. well, remember this, that when we look at the MRNA vaccines, which is the Pfizer biotech or Moderna, that. Thankfully, they are effective against the Delta variant. The variants that were here before, we knew that they were ninety-four to ninety-five percent effective against the Delta variant. It's about eighty-eight percent. So I'm going to guess. How about you? That there were five hundred people at NSA influence yeah, in the ballroom. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you and I do the math, who's better at math? Twelve out of every hundred. That's about sixty people. I would have expected if everybody in the ballroom was vaccinated, that 60 people would have still come down with COVID-19. But we also know that not everybody there was vaccinated. It's a choice. And believe me, Tom, when people saw my MD, I heard people's opinions loud and clear, unsolicited, what they thought about the vaccine. People did not hold back getting triggered and telling me what they thought. And listen, I was there to listen. And I, you know, I'm a doctor. I've been trained to deal with this. I'm a public figure. I hear it all the time, but we can assume that Uh, If we look at the statistics in the United States that about 50 to 55% of people in various states are vaccinated, let's not take the outliers like Vermont and New Hampshire. Okay, so could we assume that maybe 40 to 45% of the people at NSA were not even vaccinated? Right. So my guess is that there are probably over 100 people who got COVID-19 asymptomatic or symptomatic there because After the email went out from NSA that we had members that unfortunately got infected, I got several messages of people who chose not to get tested. They were wondering if they had symptoms. They couldn't tell if it was allergies. It's really confusing. Sore throat, maybe upset stomach. Dr. Romy, what do you think? And listen, if, if you were at NSA or you've been around anyone else or you've been unmasked in an area and you're not sure, go get tested. That's the only way to know for sure. But remember, there's an incubation period of 14 days. So, From the time I left and I left Las Vegas and had to go to another speaking engagement and meet some corporate clients in Tennessee. And I came home this past weekend was 14 days. I went and got tested for covid-19 because I know 14 days has passed and I've not gone to see my mom and dad in the last 14 days to be safe.
0: So let's look at the vaccines. So there's a yes. lot of talk out there and, and I don't have a science background that these vaccines that you, that you referred to, the Moderna and the Pfizer, are different types of vaccines. The mRNA vaccine, What what's the difference between what we might think of as traditional vaccines that have been around and mRNA and which vaccine should people be looking at if they're not yet vaccinated and they have a choice, should they be shopping for the right vaccine? The,
1: Tom, that's such a great question. First of all, just a shout out to our uh, VOE podcast and Crystal and I covered some of the basics in that. So if we can put a link to the show notes, but I get this question a lot. So I'm so happy you asked that. Uh, First of all, you know, I, I don't know about you, Tom, but I'm going to admit my age right here. I grew up in the days of high school after speech and debate practice. I had to bust out a quarter somewhere out of my backpack to call my mama to pick me up from school. How about you?
0: Yeah, it might have even been a dime. I might be older than you are. But yes. okay.
1: you're such a gentleman, Tom. Thank you. So I want you to think from the days of us having to put a dime or a quarter into a cell phone to if you have children today, they can send you a text on a mobile computer the size of their palm to tell you to come pick them up. You don't even need to know. You can tr- you can follow them on a tracking app and know that they need you. Right. It's, it's that's how far. So, just like cell phones and phones have advanced, so has vaccine technology compared to when most of us were children. Back then, they would take a a live virus and they would make it, um, you know, so it wouldn't infect you, but so it would trigger an immune response, like the measles vaccine, for example, the old one. Okay. Now, The mRNA vaccines, by the way, are not new. They've been around since the early 1990s. They were first tested in HIV and then in multiple types of cancer treatments. So it's had about 20 years to advance the science. When COVID came along, the scientists in China mapped out the genome or the map of the SARS-2 COVID virus within about 30 to 35 days, which is normal. Scientists do that. It went to the WHO. It went to the NIH here. And so as of January of 2020, the race for the vaccines began with our previous administration putting a, you know, all hands on deck, let's get the research going. And that's why they were developed so quickly. I want to answer that question because there was a lot of the science and the foundation there in the background already. They just had to tweak it a little bit. It's kind of like going from, you know, one iPhone to the next. Normally, you don't see a lot of big changes. The second thing is an mRNA vaccine will not change your DNA. It goes in, it doesn't even go into the nucleus or like the center of your cell where the DNA is made. It just goes to the outside of the cell and it triggers this response saying, hello, you need to build up your immune system so you don't get infected <laughs> by COVID-19. And that's exactly what happens. And it changes your immune cells to make a spike structure on your cells so that you don't get infected with COVID-19 virus. So that's how that works. That's the Pfizer biotech and the Moderna vaccine. We also have a Johnson & Johnson vaccine. That's a slightly less effective. What I will tell you is, if you are not immune compromised, if you are immune compromised, have a chronic disease like you're, you're on medications for rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or you have a history of cancer or you a transplant patient, talk to your doctor about which vaccine is best. For everybody else, take the one that's available. Take the one that they had in storage that they took out of the freezer and that they're inoculating you with wherever you go in whatever city you're in, you know. And I get that it's confusing, but I'm here to tell you, you know, um, and really what you're seeing, there's a bigger push for the mRNA vaccine. So most county sites, pharmacies, hospitals have um, one of the mRNA vaccines that require two doses, by the way.
0: So let's get into the speaking side of this. So if if speakers are listening to the show, and many do, Mm -hmm. and they have gigs that are coming up and the speaking opportunities are moving forward, should they be nervous about going and giving a speech? Should they be nervous about getting on an airplane? Uh, What if the client isn't mandating that people wear masks in this new environment? What should the speaker do and what level of concern should they have?
1: Yeah. So remember, again, we are recording this in August, and I thank you for that question. And there's not a one size fits all answer. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing as a board certified physician in my place. um, And I'm also a speaker. So first, I want to say I'm sorry, because I know from the 13 or 14 people at NSA that accosted me and had harsh words for me about COVID and the vaccines. I know from I come from a place of compassion to know you're hurting. I know Tom has been hurt, I have been hurt. there isn't a speaker within our n s a family that what our businesses weren't changed or upended by the pandemic i I really want to start from that place of empathy. Some folks have not recovered, some of us. Happened to be lucky, Tom, because folks thought I was weird or my bureaus would say she's an out-of-the-box speaker. And Now, all of a sudden, people are thinking about mental health, right? So some of us just happened to get lucky when maybe we weren't as sexy in our topics before. But whatever it is, you're not alone. We're an NSA family. I want to start there. The second thing I want to say, I perused the NSA Facebook page and the Power Women NSA page um, this past weekend, and already multiple of us are seeing events that were in-person are getting canceled, they are getting postponed, or they are becoming virtual. So, also, coming as a chief wellness officer from the hospitality hotel industry, the my reports from the VP of operations of both of those companies are telling me they are seeing the same things happening. Um, my, I largely serve corporate America, Um, You may have seen it on the news already that many of them who were kind of planning a hybrid return to office have now even pushed those dates back. So I think you, most of us who serve corporate America already have our answers. I'm still booking virtual engagements. My few in-person ones have now shifted to virtual or have been delayed. Right. But having said that small regional associations, companies that may be local and want to gather a few people are still gathering together in public. So that's the target audience. The next thing I'm going to tell you is Uh, A clinical recommendation, not my personal recommendation, but the clinical recommendation coming from the NIH, the WHO, the CDC and likely your doctor is if you have chosen not to get vaccinated and you walk into a room to speak. Most of us are speaking without a mask on. Can I make that assumption, Tom? I don't know. Have you heard of any speakers that wear a mask while speaking? I
0: have not seen any and I've been to several events. So I most people and even like when you see the the House of Representatives, when when they get up there, they take the mask off to do their speaking.
1: I thought so, too. So if you are not vaccinated and you're choosing not to get vaccinated, I think it's very dangerous. And I would be reconsidering and asking if you could take that payment or deposit towards another event or offer them virtual activities. And the facts and the reasoning behind that is 97 to 98% of the hospitalized Americans with COVID-19 are people who are not vaccinated. We know from the data in the United Kingdom, India, and Brazil that the Delta variant is also more severe. So this is no longer, Tom, why do some people just get a few symptoms and other people end up on life support in the hospital? If you get the Delta variant, most people end up on life support. And the chances to die or have complications to like a stroke or a heart attack are very high. So. That's my point blank recommendation. It gets a little fuzzy if you're vaccinated, right? If you're vaccinated, you have some level of protection. The protection is better if you're in an indoor setting and everybody agrees to wear a mask. So I'm vaccinated. If I'm, I will tell you, a lot of the companies I serve are asking that employees be vaccinated and they are tracking and they have incentives. So if I walk into a room where I know most people are vaccinated at this point, knowing that we could still spread the Delta variant, I would still ask that people wear masks and practice social distancing. That's step two, if you're vaccinated, I think step three, if you choose to go in and you told there was social distancing and now all of a sudden there is none and everybody has their masks off. You just need to know for every 15 minutes, you're indoor you're increasing your risk. And listen, it's a tough decision, Tom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We we need to fund our businesses. There are many speakers that speaking is the only way they're bringing in income right now. I hope they learn from all the great experts I surely did at NSA. You know, go back and watch those recordings on how to make multiple streams of income. Like, go do something else, right? But um, I really am going to say caution. And I, I'm really mindful that it's economics. And you're like, hey, Romy, I really need to, make this money to support myself and my family, but just know the risk you're bringing. So if you're gonna go out, I want you to do an assessment of who are all the people you're going to see in the 14 days when you return. Are any of them vulnerable that they could end up in the hospital, like a child under the age of 12, because they're not getting vaccinated yet, could end up in the hospital. Like you heard me, elderly parents, uh, a loved one who may be immune compromised. I would, if you're going to go out and speak, I would then avoid those people for 14 days. And that's why I shared the story earlier. I knew that I came to NSA influence. I went to see another corporate client in Tennessee. I waited 14 days, got a COVID-19 test before I go see my mom and dad.
0: So this is really important and powerful advice. Do you have any advice as someone who, in addition to being a doctor, you're also a speaker? How mm-hmm. do you have these conversations with a meeting planner? Like, yeah. if you have concerns, you know, what what should we be saying to our clients?
1: Uh, you know, Tom, I think one thing that I've learned from all of our fellow speaker community and and I'm sure, you know, I've seen it too, is this is a, a new world for our meeting professionals as well, and they're not there to guide us. We're there to guide one another and partner with them. So, if Tom, if, I'm just going to role play a little bit. If you were the meeting planner, I would say, Tom, it has been wonderful working with you to, you know, plan this upcoming, you know, keynote address and my workshops for your company. I also want you to know that I'm concerned about the well-being of you and everyone that's going to be there. What can I do to partner with you to assure everyone's well-being if we're going to be in person? Or what plans do you have in place as a backup? Because, Tom, I may be able to give you some solutions. I've been doing this professionally since March of 2020. And now, You've literally set up the conversation, Tom. They're going to be like, really? What can you do? And you say, let me tell you about my virtual packages and how awesome sauce they are. And you go into your spiel. And a lot of you could teach me how to do that spiel, right? And and I really do think that. And from what I've seen from meeting professionals, like I said, most of my clients are corporate whatever we were booking for early 2022 has gone virtual or getting delayed right now. I'm still virtual largely now through the end of this year, but associations, according to my contacts in hospitality regionals are still trying to meet. I would offer them your solutions. They are happy to hear that you have solutions or even a hybrid solution that is taking attendees away. You all who are listening, are so talented. I know you could probably deliver an even more impactful virtual package or hybrid package for your clients. And this is your point to make an additional, you know, sale while keeping yourself and everybody else safe. What do you think about that, Tom? I'd love your feedback.
0: So, yeah, I think that's a great way to phrase it When when you approach the client as I'm on your side and I'm a partner rather than having to collide if maybe they're Policies are a little too broad for for your own comfort zone. Instead of colliding, join, join in as a partner. That's that's probably good advice in, in any situation. But it leads me to another really important question. And that is, why are there so many different policies in place between companies and associations and between cities and states and regions? Why is it all over the map?
1: Well, it's, it's you know, the beauty of being in the United States is our democracy and the opportunities we have. I'm very mindful as an immigrant's daughter and as English as a second language, um, that my opportunities as a female entrepreneur, I've had a level of success as an entrepreneur that less than 2% of female entrepreneurs do. It couldn't have happened anywhere in the world, but here in the United States. Isn't that the beauty of being an American? The hard part of that is that we don't have a nationalized healthcare system like other democracies around the world. So, for instance, when the United Kingdom or France makes a mandate, it goes to every county or city state, however it's structured here in the United States. We have a federal government. We have state governments. We have local governments. And we weren't really ready for a pandemic when this happened last year. I don't think anybody in the world was OK. We're all learning. and. What happens is there wasn't a national mandate or federal policy that was agreed upon early between the government, the NIH, the CDC, the WHO, and it made it confusing for everybody. So people had to kind of come up with their own policies. And I think you're getting to see the studies. You're getting to see states like mine, Florida and Texas, that are wide open and have been for a while. We get to see sure the economy is good but our mortality rates are very high your chance if you get covid the chance you're going to die in the hospital is much higher than other states that were in lockdown right that's just facts it's not politics but our economies are doing better so you know we're all learning bottom line and i think it's somewhat of an experiment with the cost of human lives unfortunately with it that that's the intellectual thing to break it down You need to be really flexible as a speaker to know that from company to company, association to association, the policies are really going to vary. And they really come from your you know corporate it comes from your leadership and your board of directors if it's a publicly traded company and from an association it comes from the association board and the association board largely follows the industry standards then on top of it you have to follow the state guidelines so some states will put a mandate in and saying no more than 25 or 50 people can gather other states are saying it's wide open so i think that's where The message is you need to be flexible and know that in any time you're going to walk into any situation where you may be required to be masked. If you're in person, you may be asked if you're vaccinated at Evolution Hospitality. Nobody can force you to get vaccinated. And at Ambridge, when you go into our corporate office, you fill out a form before you go in, whether you're vaccinated or not, with proof of vaccination. We have incentives in place because they need to monitor how many non-vaccinated people are coming. My lesson to you from that, knowing and here Disney World in Florida is now mandating vaccines for their employees. So if you're in the corporate space, which so many of our wonderful speakers are, You may be in the future asked if you're going into the company or into a meeting in person what your vaccination status is. And you're going to need to be diplomatic and prepared. And so rehearse that, because from the reactions I saw at NSA, y'all, some of you were triggered. And I was like, "Hmm, what would your corporate clients say if they heard you speaking like this? Right. So so I just want everyone to be prepared. And the message is be flexible. It, It can be confusing. I'm a doctor and will tell you it can be confusing. You need to be flexible.
0: So you bring up the fact that people have opinions that might be different from, you know, the science that you've talked about, and mm-hmm. some people get really nasty about their opinions. We've seen this in the the chat on Facebook, just within the National Speakers Association and, and other things. How do we get to a place where we can have discussions and not have nastiness, or is that just out of the realm of what we're going to do?
1: You know, Tom, I... Um had life-saving surgery myself in 2010 after burnout. And I found my path to mindfulness before it was a trend or an app on your watch. And I look at my lessons from the monks that I spent time healing with and learning from, not knowing that this is what I would be doing for a living a decade later. And I start with this and I say, when I'm triggered, because I'm human and I'm Dr. Romy, and even though I know this, I get triggered. You, Tom, get triggered. Is human nature to get triggered. We need to be self-aware, number one, and we need to be compassionate to ourselves. Because if I'm not compassionate to myself, as in saying, hey, Romy, it's been a challenging 18 months. You had to retool and restructure and rebuild your business, as did you, Tom, as did so many other people. If we're not compassionate for ourselves, we're going to be angry. And then the minute something happens, we lash out at somebody. So that's number one, is, is be aware of yourself and have compassion for yourself. Once you do that, you know, when there were 13, 14 people that were, I would put in the nasty category to my face at influence. And it was my very first influence, but because I was grounded, I'm a doctor. I was expecting it. I'm a chief wellness officer. I hear from our employees. I could, you know, have a wall and a boundary and have compassion so that I didn't lash back out at them. I mean, I was triggered. I had to go up to my hotel room a couple of times and say, wow, would they have talked to me like that if I was a male doctor and not a female? Like I, I had to think about that a couple of times and I thought, oh, you're getting triggered. Breathe, go up to your hotel room, become self-aware, have some self-compassion. Here's my message to you. Every person that I met at Influence and at, in NSA is somebody through your mission and message you want to inspire and motivate others. If you're going to walk around triggered, on one side of the argument of politics listen whether we're arguing about vaccines what your favorite type of chocolate is what the best car in the world is it's it's dark chocolate it's dark chocolate yeah you and i are going to be great friends but there is a milk chocolate community out there and then there's a no and there's a no chocolate community out there right if we can't watch that well then are you really being inspirational and motivating And what I know from working with in the corporate space and with professional athletes, when they bring authorities like you in, they expect you to have a a grace, a higher level of authority and expertise that they they don't want you in there. And even if you make a buddy and somebody has the same opinion about darker milk chocolate as you, professionalism is keeping your opinion about your chocolate to yourself, Outside of the professional setting. So that's my my last reminder is, you know, be mindful of professionalism because I may have forgotten the 300 amazing souls that I remembered, but I'll find you on Facebook and email. I will not forget the 13, 14 people who got in my face. They will not get our speaker recommendation from me. If I ever see them on a roster for one of my corporate clients, I may have to think twice and let them know, like, this is how disrespectful they were. Like they don't understand diversity, equity, and inclusion or professionalism. I mean, it got that ugly, Tom, right? And I don't mean to be rude, but I'm just saying you, you never know. And by the way, I've made that mistake too. I'm human. I've gotten triggered in my early, oh God, especially my early career before I found mindfulness. I'm not even perfect now. And And I'm sure I've put my professional foot in my mouth because of it. Like we're human. It happens, right? So whatever your opinion is, I'm going to say, have compassion for yourself. And the last thing I'm going to ask you is, are you really triggered because you haven't grieved your speaking career? Hmm. That was what I did last year. I sat and I I grieved that I wasn't going to get to use my Delta diamond medallion status. I grieved that I had to pack away my speaking wardrobe and put it away in the closet where I wouldn't see it and get reminded every day that I'm not traveling and I'm virtual. We had to grieve. Maybe we had to change teams. We had to change the way we do business. We gained some clients. We lost some clients. I want you to take the time to grieve so you're less triggered.
0: That is such a, an amazing – I kind of got the, the, the shivers when you said that, is have you taken the time to grieve your speaking business? I know that I had to do that. I don't think I used those exact terms, but I know that – it was doing that that got me through the last 16 months. So I think what that,
1: process did you use, Tom? Like I had to you heard I had to take away my suitcase and put it away where I wouldn't see it. My rollerboard and my speaking wardrobe. And uh, thankfully, one of my team members quickly erased my entire travel schedule. So I wouldn't be reminded, hey, this week I was supposed to be traveling <laughs> to, you know, whatever city. What did you do to grieve your uh So Mm
0: -hmm. I I actually took up meditation before the pandemic hit through some other reasons of some mental health stuff that that had gone on that I had buried and hidden myself from. And Mm -hmm. so I started meditating in January of 2020 And uh, along the way, sometime around the start of the pandemic, I just found one of those apps, Mm -hmm. um, the Headspace app, and I used that as a way to learn to meditate. And then I often now do it without an app. I don't need to be guided as much a year and a half later. (laughs) But I really found for me, it was realizing that all these things that were going on were bigger than me and that I no longer had to self-identify as my career, which is something I did probably even before I was a speaker, but certainly the last 12 years. So that was my, my little teak. teak. And and I think that your terminology of, of grieving the collapse of my speaking business is something I wrote down, put on a little sticky here because uh, I think I did that, but didn't use those terms. And I, I like that term.
1: It is. And know that, you know, there are now seven stages of grief officially, I still have moments where I will get up and and feel like crying because I I wish I was at corporate headquarters of evolution hospitality where I serve as CWO. And I will sit there and allow myself to cry if I need to. Or I will get on a Zoom meeting and tell them I'm feeling sad today and I miss you. You know, things are gonna continue to come up. We're still in this pandemic. We're still in a battle. And allow yourself to grieve. And that's the beauty of NSA. Look, I, I've been a member in and out for the last six years. This was my first influence in person. You know, when you go to influence in person, it's so beautiful. You, I met people that I had known because we had been on similar stages or we had been at other meetings or in virtual groups together. I felt like I had a sisterhood and a brotherhood. Of like minded people that you can grieve with because there is this unique thing. Not many other people had joy in their frequent flyer status, unlike us speakers or your hotel <laughs> points, right? Oh, and, right? And, boy, if,
0: and boy, do we, yes, Dr. Romy.
1: Yes, right. And so they reach out and support one another in grief and say, I need a grieving moment. And that's the best thing we could do for each other.
0: Before we let you go, is there anything we didn't cover that speakers need to know from the science side? of COVID-19.
1: Yeah. Tom, I want to thank you and the NSA for having me come and discuss the science. The last update or question that I get frequently if we I know we are running over but it's an important topic I get is Dr. Romy, I eat clean. My vitamin D level is really good. I take vitamin C. I don't need the vaccine. I should be protected against COVID, right? I wanted to address the science behind that because as you mentioned at the top, I am both board certified in neurology and integrative medicine, which is the science of wellness, right? I know my vitamin D level, three levels and track them just like my frequent flyer miles, you know, Um, and let me tell you what it is. It's not an either and, it's a both. I need you to take care of your sleep, eat anti-inflammatory nutrition program, whatever that looks like for you, and keep your vitamin D3 levels up. But those things alone do not protect you against COVID. The vaccine helps, right? And- so you need to do both. And I, I really wanted to be clear that that's what the science is saying. Yes, the science is saying if you're sleep deprived, your immune system is down. You're more likely to get sick from COVID. If your vitamin D3 levels are down, you're more likely to get sick from COVID as we're seeing these breakthrough infections of people that are vaccinated, the trends are, and we will be looking for the science that it's the kind of people that aren't as healthy or doing as well that are having the breakthrough infections. Right. So I really wanted to be clear about that because uh, that is misinformation to tell people that. And I've had to stop that conversation in multiple of our Facebook groups. And, you know, if you need additional information, I am happy to send you the scientific literature Um, Um, That's up to date or post a question in one of the NSA Facebook groups, if it's allowed, I will put the medical study there. There is a difference between scientific data that has been peer reviewed and put in a scientific journal versus a blog that either Tom or I wrote and we didn't quote any science and we're like, hey, Tom, you know what? If you switch to milk chocolate, you're going to be healthier compared to dark chocolate. That's just Tom and my opinions and random blog. I want to see the science behind it. So, yes, take care of your sleep to the best of your ability, nutrition, your social interactions to the best of your ability and your vitamin D3 levels. But that does not replace getting a vaccine as far as the science goes.
0: Once again, Dr. Rumi, thank you so much for being here. The National Speakers Association is so lucky to have Dr. Rumi Mushtaq as part of our community. Thanks for jumping in for this special episode of Speakernomics, where we could talk about what's going on right now, continuation of this pandemic that has influenced the meetings business and impacted it in so many different ways. To those of you who are listening, we're going to do some more special COVID-related episodes that'll be coming in the next few weeks, but always make sure that you're joining us here on speakernomics every week for thoughts ideas and actionable information on how you can make more money and grow your business as a professional speaker and always remember the motto of this podcast speak get paid repeat